Chapter number one of Frank Merriwell at Yale or Freshman Against Freshman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frank Merriwell at Yale or Freshman Against Freshman by Bert L. Standish. Chapter one Trouble Brewing. Here's the good old Yale, drink it down. Here's to good old Yale, drink it down. Here's to good old Yale, she's so haughty and so hale. Drink it down, drink it down, down, down. From the open window of his rooms on York Street, Frank Merriwell heard the distant chorus of a rollicking band of students who had been having a merry evening in town. Frank had passed his examination successfully and had been admitted as a student at Yale. In order to accomplish this without taking a preparatory course, at Phillips Academy, he found it necessary to vigorously brush up the knowledge he had acquired at the Fardale Military Academy, which was a college preparatory school. Professor Scotch, Frank's guardian, had been of great assistance to him, for the professor knew just about what would be required at the entrance examination, and he kept the boy digging away at the propositions in the first book of Euclid, had drilled him in Caesar, caused him to spend weary hours over Virgil and the Iliad, and made him not a little weary of his Xenophon. As he passed without a condition, although he had been told again and again that a course at Phillips Academy was almost an absolute necessity, Frank was decidedly grateful to the professor. Professor Scotch's anxiety had brought him to New Haven, where he remained till the agony was over, as Frank expressed it, the little man bubbled over with delight when he found his protege had gone through without a struggle. Having secured the rooms on York Street, the professor saw Frank comfortably settled, and then, before taking his departure, he attempted to give the boy some wholesome advice. "'Don't try to put on many frills here the first year,' he said. "'You'll find that freshmen do not cut much of a figure here. It doesn't make any difference what you have done or what you have been elsewhere you will have to establish a record by what you do and what you become here you'll find these fellows here won't care a rap if you have discovered the north pole or or circumnavigated the globe in er uh, ten days it would be all the better for you if you do not let them know you are rich in your own name and have traveled in south america africa europe and other countries they think you were bragging or lying if you mentioned it and you know well enough that i am not given to boasting about myself professor and so you are wasting your breath said frank rather resentfully hum ah don't fly off the handle keep cool i know you have sand and you're made of the right kind of stuff but you are the greatest hand to get into scrapes i ever saw and a little advice wouldn't do you any harm you'll find that in many things you cannot do just as you would like so you must i'll get into the game all right so don't worry you will remember that I did fairly well at Fardale, and you should not worry about me while I am here. I will not. You did well at Fardale. That's right. You are the most popular boy in the academy, but you will find Yale is far different from Fardale. So the professor took his departure, and Frank was left to begin life at college. His roommate was a rollicking, headstrong, thoughtless young fellow from Ohio. Harry Rattleton was his name, and it seemed to fit him perfectly. He had a way of speaking rapidly and heedlessly and turning his expressions end for end. 
Frank had been able to assist Harry at examination. Harry and Frank were seated close to each other, and when it was all over and the two boys knew that they had passed all right, Harry came to Frank, held out his hand, and said, I believe your name is Merriwell. Mine is Rattleton, and I'm from Ohio. Merriwell, you are a brick, and I am much obliged to you. Let's room together. What do you say? I am agreeable, smiled Frank. That was the way Frank found his roommate. Harry was interested in sports and athletics, and he confided to Frank that he was bound to make a try for both the baseball and football teams. He had brought a set of boxing gloves, foils, and a number of sporting pictures. The foils were crossed above the mantel, and the pictures were hung about the walls, but he insisted on putting on the gloves with Frank before hanging them up where they would be ornamental. I've taken twenty lessons, old man, he said, and I want to point you a few shows. I mean, show you a few points. We'll practice every day, and I'll bet in less than ten weeks I'll have you so you'll be able to hold your own with any fellow of your age and weight. Ever had the gloves on? A few times, answered Frank, with a quiet smile. That's all the better. I won't have to show you how to start in. Here, here, the hand goes on the other glove. I mean, that glove goes on the other hand. That's the way. Now we're off. Left forward foot, or left foot forward. Hold your guard this way. Now hit me if you can. Almost like a flash of lightning, Frank's glove shot out, and he caused the glove to snap on Harry's nose. Wee jizz! I mean, gee whiz! gasped the astonished boy from Ohio. You're quick, but it was an accident. You can't do it again. He had scarcely uttered the words before Frank fainted, and then shot in a sharp one under Harry's uplifted guard. Great Scott! You do know some tricks. I bet you think you can box. Well, I'll have to drive that head out of your notion. I mean, that notion out of your head. Look out for me now. I'm coming. Then Harry Rattleton sailed into Frank and met with the greatest surprise of his life, for he found he could not touch Merriwell, and he was beaten and hammered and battered about the room till he finally felt himself slugged under the ear and sent flying over a chair to land in a heap in one corner of the room. He sat up and held his gloved hand to his ear, which was ringing with a hundred clanging bells, while he stared astounded at his roommate. Wow, he gurgled. What have I been up against? Are you a prize fighter in disguise? That experience was enough to satisfy him that Frank Merriwell knew a great deal more than he did about boxing. As Frank sat by his window listening to the singing on the evening that this story opens, he was wondering where Harry could be, for his roommate had been away since shortly after supper. Frank knew the merry singers were sophomores, the malicious and unrelenting foes of all freshmen. He would have given not a little had he been able to join them in their songs, but he knew that was not to be thought of for a moment. As he continued to listen, a clear tenor voice struck into that most beautiful of college songs when heard from a distance. When the matin bell is ringing, Uralio, from a rushy pallet springing, Uralio, Uralio. Fresh as the morning light, forth thy sally with my sickle bright through the valley to my dear one gaily singing, Uralio, Uralio. Then seven or eight strong musical young voices came in on the warbling chorus and the boy at the window listened and chanted and enraptured, feeling the subtle charm of it all, and blessing fortune that he was a youth and a student at Yale. 
the charm of the new life he had entered upon was strong and it was weaving its spell about him the spell which makes old yale so dear to all who are fortunate enough to claim her as their alma mater he continued to listen eagerly drinking in the rest of the song as it came through the clear evening air when the day is closing o'er us uralio uralio and the landscape fades before us uralio uralio when our merry men quit their mowing and along the glen horns are blowing sweetly then we'll raise the chorus uralio uralio the warbling song died out in the distance there was a rush of feet outside the door and harry breathless and excited came bursting into the room i say old man he cried what do i think really i don't know laughed frank what do you think i-i mean what do you think sputtered harry why i think a great many things what's up anyway you know diamond the fellow they call jack yes i should say so it was his bull-pup that chewed a piece out of the leg of my trousers i kicked the dog downstairs and diamond came near having a fit over it he's got a peppery temper and he's ready to murder me i reckon he thought i should have taken off my trousers and given them to the dog to chew he's a southerner from virginia he's a dangerous chap frank just as leaf eat as fight i mean fight as eat he's been in town to-night drinking beer with the boys and he's in a mighty ugly mood he says you insulted him is that so it's just so and he's going to challenge you to a chewel i mean challenge you to a duel frank whistled softly elevating his brows a bit what sort of a duel he asked why a regular duel with deadly weapons he's awfully in earnest frank and he means to kill you if you don't apologize all the fellows are backing him they think you will not fight is that so looking for me to show the white feather are they well i like that but you can't fight him i tell you he's a fire eater i've heard that his father killed a man in a duel and that makes the son dangerous no harry i can't afford to what's all that racket the sound of voices and of many feet ascending the stairs could be heard harry turned pale they're coming frank he exclaimed it's the whole gang and diamond is with him he means to force you to fight or squeal End of chapter 1